you had to tell somebody um, what is eternal life and what is that going to look like, how would you begin to unpack that? What would that? What would you say? Wow, you you just go for the jugular, brother. You just like, <laughs> man, let's just talk about the biggest question that we're trying to answer. Well, ever. here's one reason. It, <laughs> What is my, you've heard me say pet peeves with podcasts, is how often can people answer a question by not answering the question? And you're like, they ask the perfect question. You mean like a presidential debate? Right. But but I mean even Christian podcasts. Like you're listening and somebody's going to answer a question about something you're really interested in. And they say, well, like they might begin with, well, that is... The question, isn't it? I mean, I feel like it's it's hard to answer that question without understanding the way God created us. Okay. In understanding like what death is and what it's not. Right, right. Like I so like I feel like there's like pieces that are hard to unpack when you when you're trying to go to like what is eternal life and yeah. when do we experience it? What does it look like? I feel like the classical, like the the normal Christian traditional view, is like eternal life starts the moment you die, right? And then you have the you meet Peter at his gates. Where did that ever come from? And then the you, you know gates. it's just like it's like what what is your do you know the the, the certain password or like did you mm-hmm. fulfill a certain requirement? Like how do you get in? And where did that pearly gates and St. Peter's gates thing come in and, you know, just all of these concepts, but like that, that is a total misunderstanding of who God created us to be in a misunderstanding of death, because it's like death is so much more than like just physical, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like it's so much, it's death doesn't just happen when we breathe our last, our heart stops beating. Like we, we, we're kind of like stillborn unfortunately use that word. It's like we are born in a living death. So it's like we're dead. We're separated due to things that happened all the way back. You were dead in your sins. You were dead. Yeah. Yeah. So like even like in John 3, 16, 17 and 18, where it says anyone who believes him is is not condemned, but anyone who doesn't believe is already condemned, meaning you're still in the same state of death. Mm -hmm. Like the trajectory of your eternal life is this way, and from the very beginning, it's the same. Like you're not all of a sudden condemned just because you know this. Your trajectory has always been that. Yeah. And the change is like for those who believe, it's like now we're moving into your eternal life. So it's. it's not Do you fair. ever so wrestle I'm, with? I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to interrupt you. Do you ever wrestle with inherited sin, the mm-hmm. like the spiritual DNA, and then the concept of um, the age of accountability? Yes. Like how, That's my how do you, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> what I mean, so those who maybe not heard that phrase before, age of accountability, let's just go with the Jewish tradition, bar mitzvah for boys, bat mitzvah for girls, the age of 13. And I just read this recently doing some research um, that what the biggest thing that is being said there is the parents are saying they stand now before God responsible for their own sins and no longer do we stand for them, which mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. Kind of made me think of some of the verses of the, the sins of the fathers and, but, yeah. and I, you know, I know like when I think about um, little ones, 
dying before they've really lived very long. I'm probably way, way removed from a reformed type of view there um, that I think, you know, I, I love the term. I think Christy Knuckles has a song because she had a miscarriage, maybe a couple um, of glory babies, you know, that, mm. that just straight to the father's heart. And yeah, I, I know people probably might call me out on that, but how do you think about that? Because I'm with you and we're born and you can, you can actually see it in a, in a little one on the changing table. <laughs> this, yeah. There comes this moment when you're like, we're going to change your diaper. And there, there's this like tiny yet fierce little will that comes yeah. out now on like while they're laying then they're almost like no you're not and just so interesting that they know how to sin from early age so anyway just because i think to get into this place of eternal life if people want to be motivated by god's love sometimes we got to wrestle through those other questions where there's a there's for sure attention in that one for me it's like we appeal to his character at some level Okay. It, it could like because there is a bit of a mystery in it, where it's just I think that's where I appealed to Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, where it's just like the things not revealed to us stay with the Lord, but the things revealed to us stay with us. And I, but I look at Jesus's teachings on children, yeah, and that's where I, I appeal to. I think that in that area, in, you know, but it's, it's the, the same trust time. and faith of a child. Yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna appeal in trust, hope, and mercy, and compassion. That when the Lord looks at those youngins, you know, like if something were to happen in that spot, like I appeal to His compassion and mercy. But that it leads itself to a wide, a wide open conversation about that. Yeah. Like, well, why, why is that not not applicable once you turn five or six or whatever? Yeah. But that's where I go. I think there's a misunderstanding of the. Salvific act of Jesus. Ooh, salvific. That. Ding. Yeah. Nice word. Yes. That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, but it, I, it, I'm it, sorry for the rabbit trail more than I just, it's one of those are like, nobody ever talks about that. Why don't we talk about that? Like it'd be a good, if we're talking eternal life and the motivations that get well, us to that. I mean, a lot of it, like infant baptism is kind of rooted in that fear. Yeah. You know, like what happens? Oh, we're going to baptize them. And that way we know. With certainty that that's there, but it's just like I, I think that's that's misleading. Just to throw some more tracks, John seventeen three, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. That kind of also throws the whole idea of eternal life just being this place that you go, and like I actually wrote, um, we're either. Is it, we make it into a binary choice. We're either going to go float and sing, or we're going to go sink and burn. And that's our <laughs> simplified <laughs> float and sing, sink and burn. And so sure, just like I've mentioned, I think in one of our other podcasts, you know, Baptist church, I'm going to be, uh, yeah, float, whatever. I don't want to burn. Um, mm -hmm. I saved, uh, I mentioned, I showed you that link to the Jordan Peterson um, video uh, and those who have never heard of Jordan Peterson, look him up, a Canadian philosopher who recently turned to Christ and is quite passionate about his faith and so, so smart. And I saw just a quick video of him on YouTube this past week, and he's talking about, and I think it's really good. He's like, when you love someone, you 
you talk to them, you care for them in such a way because you don't want them to be on a road to hell. And then he actually says, I was just like, whoa, because you don't want them to burn. And he's got these just big tears. And and we'll, we will get into promise. We won't do the dodge. We will definitely get into where we land when it comes to the Bible's language about hell and burning and flames and all that kind of stuff. But I still th- I think that's a great example of how easy it is to be maybe confused about the whole idea of eternal life. That is it knowing Jesus or is it a place we go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I go for me the best way for me to understand any of that is to go again Genesis one two and three like that's where okay. that's where death is introduced right that's where it's talked about it's where it's first felt mm-hmm. and yet God even said it's like you you will die if you do this and so when Adam and Eve ate the fruit they still lived a long time afterwards yeah. So, so what is, so that's where I'm going. It's like, death is not biological. So, so what are we talking about? Like mm-hmm. it is part of it in even the tree of life. Like I would, I would propose that we, we aren't inherently immortal. You know, okay. it's like immortality is a gift. That's a whole thing with the tree of life that's there. Like why were we removed from the tree of life? You know, is that just the breach between whatever... But yeah. it's like well, so we wouldn't reach and and be a lo- eternally yeah, in that like, state. That's a, right. So that's a grace, and and yet, like even if you look at some of the stuff in like Revelation twenty two, there's there's a sense of like we're dependent on our immortality in the mm-hmm. presence of, of Jesus. But it when Jesus says that in John seventeen three, this is eternal life that they may know. It's like that we see death represented. I would suggest in a few areas in Genesis three. Like the fact that they're naked and all of a sudden they see it, you know, in the sense of shame and broken relationship, mm-hmm. they're hiding from God, which is like the picture of like the spiritual irreparable chasm death yeah. in yeah. that area. So so then it seems like the eternal life or the gift of salvation is the reconciliation mm. of that. So it's like we can know him again and don't have to hide from him anymore. So it's like... I'm cool with that. Like that part, yeah. like floating and harp playing and yeah, no, no, that's, that's not it. And I enjoy but, worship. Like the, the, at least I worship do for like three singing. and a half songs. Well, that's what I was saying. Like I, I'm, I want to be like, Hey Lord, um, can we do a little break here? Can we, can we go? And, you know, obviously we're, yeah. I, I think our minds are so, just suited for life on earth that it's really hard for us to imagine what it will be, um, what it will be like. And and I think yeah. I do get, you know, when we've been there 10,000 years, we've only just begun. So part of me is like, I know that's written to be like, yeah, but there's another part of me that's like, oh, <laughs> oh no. So like almost Man. like you got to be in school for another 10,000 before you get to graduate to, then you get to meet, um, you know, some minor prophet. <laughs> You're going to work your way towards being, it's it, to be in, let me, uh, another one, you know, cause you're talking about death, Romans six twenty three. 
the wages of sin is death, Genesis mm-hmm. 3, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It doesn't say the gift of God is believing in what Jesus did and, res- and his resurrection and then getting to go to another place. I'm not saying that we don't, but just the wording, if we go with just scripture, it's another one that's just specifically talking to eternal life is to know you. Eternal life is to be in you. Um, 1 John 15, 5, 1 John 5, I've written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You know, just yep. is it in Christ? And then one more, Second Peter one eleven. in this way, and he, now Peter throws it back to a little bit more of what we would say. Entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. And so it's probably yep. where we, we get the the merging of the ideas of entry into the kingdom. But even that could be they were entering into the kingdom then while they were yeah, here. Or a, a fullness. Or yeah, yeah are like, you yes. you're in the kingdom? Like I would say I think you are anyway. Right? <laughs> 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 wow one f- one, he one did it folks. he did it one yeah. one foot in one foot out you know both of us lingering no we're in we are in christ yes. we're in the kingdom of god yeah. right now well but well, see, but are we going somewhere too yes it, where are yeah, you going i mean there's 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 <laughs> oh man dude we're, we're opening up all sorts of doors here it's just a matter of like which door do we want to go into yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna so number one. If death, if death does not happen when our heart stops beating, but death is a living reality because of the other aspects of who we create to be, we're more than just a physical being. So that means that yeah. when we've died, there's other parts of us that have died. And so that's mm-hmm. why we are dead. We're enemies of God, right? Like all those types of things. We are condemned because of this. So to me, when like if we're living in that death and we'll f- experience a biological death, mm-hmm. like then that's there's if you're talking about eternal life, then it, then we're starting to get the sense of like trajectory and a sense of timelessness even now. So it's like if we we for instance we say this all the time, like you know, the kingdom is now and not yet, right? Yeah. And so that's eternal life is now and not yet, but we still see it in a mere dimly. And mm-hmm. so we get restored relationship with people, right? Like we, we understand the posture, the ability, the grace to forgive, to love our enemies, to take on the posture of Christ, the humility, and also reconciliation with God, even mm-hmm. though it's not perfect. Paul would even say like, now that you sin and you're struggling with this, that's not you but the sin who lives in you, it's, 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 so you got that side and we're fine. We want to, we're good with talking about your living in eternal life now, but yeah. when it comes to hell, we still treat hell as if that's a destination and that you, like you don't live in that trajectory now, you know, okay. like, like, like your life, like you stand condemned. So you're living in a trajectory that's leading you somewhere. So you can right. almost say like you're living on in some form, some taste of hell in your life, just like we're mm-hmm. saying we get a taste of what it means to be in a relationship with God, even though it's still a struggle. Well, when I'm if I want to tell people about this, and I don't just mean as a pastor, if I want 
someone to be motivated, um, but also knowing that it's not just because we even the last few weeks as we've talked about the gospel, not just like, let me give you this logical, I mean, even as a kid, that's what it was for me. It was this logical thing, maybe a little bit of, okay, I know I'm a sinner. Yeah, I've done some bad things, but it was more logical, like binary choice. Do I want to go to the good place or the bad place? Well, I want to go to the good place. And rather than the focus being on, you know, Chad, he loves you, like he deeply loves you. And so no wonder that presentation of the kingdom and that maybe it's supposed to be on display now, eternity in the life of believers is not on display and is not compelling and causes the world who can finish our sentences and even tell us, like we could start to tell them, you know, the a verse like that, or they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I got that one. I know, I know, I'm gonna perish. Oh, <laughs> you know, and so it's not compelling because there's no like deep, like personhood needs and character and transformation stuff hasn't been touched. And, and there's yeah. not a, a grabbing hold of their soul to a God that deeply loves them and wants yeah. them to be a part of his kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. I think anytime we just relegate eternal life and hell to just simply a then and there reality, it it doesn't really affect anything here. Yeah. Like even though like for us Christians, we want to try to stir up our hope and actually be excited about it. Like because a lot of times that's what it feels like. I'm trying to get myself to be excited about something that's there. Yeah. You know it, but I don't really know. Um, and yet there is some and. But like for for me, like I grew up in the church, you know, you know, in a totally different capacity, and I was a very troubled kid. So, I actually entertained the idea of hell. Like, in I what was ways? Like, yeah, like like play that hell out. Was great. Like, what does that mean? Like, okay. it did, like I felt like I I was a citizen of hell, and I was proud of it. You know, yeah. I'm gonna go turn. I'm gonna be there with all my I'm friends. Do drugs, yeah. Like, yeah. so when people are like, "Aren't you afraid to go to hell?" I'll be like, "No, nah, man." You know, like it did not, it, 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 nope, I'm not. Yeah. You know, even to the degree there was moments in my younger years before I was a Christian of just going, I actually feel like I came from hell. <laughs> like mm. just in terms of the, the depravity that I had. Yeah. But it, it wasn't until like it really turned into a living hell. Like for lack of better words, like and it wasn't until like, I really started to feel the black hole and it's just okay. like in seeing the trajectory of this life and where it was going. Like, and then what changed me was how the gospel actually provides the remedy in the present, mm-hmm. not just a then and there type of thing. And so it was just like, for me, it was such a stark difference from when I've never felt loved, connected, I always felt isolated, always had a false front, fig leaves, if you would. Um, I always felt like I had to hide from God truly. It, mm-hmm. Like, there's no way he could ever love me. Why would he ever come after me? So that just propelled me into greater darkness because it's like, well, this is the way it is. Might as well go for it, you know, and just keep right. going, keep going to the point where I was just like, if this is it, I want to end it. And that's mm-hmm. where I ultimately got to. And that's when the Lord rescued me and 
gave me the taste of eternal life through reconciliation with him. So yeah. like, and like obviously parsing all that stuff out. And so I would say when I, when I think about heaven, I don't think about the streets of gold. I don't, I don't think about the, the clouds and the harps and, you know, the pearly gates. I do think about like, I hope God has like um, scripture stories on demand. Like <laughs> I, I want to see them. Like I really do. I'll be like, yes. can I watch this one? Um, but what I think about in heaven is the experience of God's created order the way it was supposed mm. to be. Work yeah. with deep meaning without toil, re- like being in relationships without insecurity or angles mm. or fear of being not like known fully. And like, what would it be like to live in the beauty of God's love without questioning his love? The first thing that caught my ear that you were talking about, and I think it's a really important point, it's why we wouldn't say Christianity is a dualistic um, religion. It's not there's a good side and a bad side and they're both warring, you know, like, yes, there's a spiritual battle, but there's not like equal parts where Satan has 50% and God has 50% and which one will you choose? And we are bent. And I kind of hear you saying that it wasn't that you had like this, here I am and I have a choice. Which one will I choose? It was, I'm already on a path and it's, it's the path of a kingdom that is of myself. It is of, even if I um, protest and say, this isn't fair, my life is lived out and I show that I am on that kingdom of choosing for myself, kind of what we talked about, the garden of um, Eden, Yeah, eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want what I want and, and I am choosing that. And so we, we definitely bear that out, but you were just kind of describing God, maybe arresting your heart in some ways having to chase you down a little bit to get you yeah. to actually believe that he loves you. And we see the picture of how God restores the the brokenness, the irreparable gulf on our end. You know, like Adam and Eve, eyes are open, they realize they're naked, and now they feel shame and God's come walking to them and they hear him coming and they hide. I mean that that is the telltale sign of hell. Like you're mm-hmm. living hell. Are you trying to put on covers? Are you trying to mask yourself and try to portray yourself to be something else? What are you hiding from each other and from God that you're terrified of God so much so that you're willing to just simply say, God doesn't exist. That's how mad I am. And that's, Mm. that's you just hiding from God. And God comes in his grace, like in my mind, like graciously asks him, like, who told you you were naked? You know, which they have to say, we did, you know, and then God killing an animal shedding blood right. to cover them and then the the curse and then the remedy within the curse being mm-hmm. all said there in Genesis 3 which is just like man lord you are so good you didn't mm-hmm. skip a beat you didn't wait for generations to make a mess of everything to tell us the hope of what you're going to do you yeah. know so like that's that that is profound for me so that's where it's like when people water down John 3:16 to simply if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to perish mm-hmm. there. You, you know, it's like, yeah. no. How about the fact that you're actually experiencing that right now? Yeah. 
because I guarantee you they are. Yeah, even with John 3.16, just as you're talking, it's making me pause somewhat on even how I read it, because each one of those words, um, talking about God's love, needs massive understanding and definition. Um, Believe needs, we need help. Like, if you just think about it, just those words in our English, evangelical, American, Western church way like those words probably need a whole lot more flesh on them than what we currently say um because yeah. even to to believe i'm thinking about this um guy dr justin bass i think's his name um uh talking about allegiance is a word that really needs to go alongside of belief um he actually has a book called salvation by allegiance alone which I'm like, mm. oh, <laughs> stir in the pot a little bit, but I get it. There is, there is a part of us that thinks, ah, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Um, if yeah. I just, you know, like we talk about with the gospel stuff, if I have my ticket, um, that's enough. Right. Um, and so yeah. I, I love the, just the fire idea insurance. of, yeah, of just, just fire insurance, um, this one part I was just thinking of, you know, we talk about the kingdom of God. So when I, I'm starting to put the words kingdom with gospel, like we said in the last few weeks, I'm also starting to put the words kingdom with eternal life. And that if, if this is about the kingdom of, of Jesus, and if this is about, as this week I'm preaching on Revelation 22, you will reign with him forever. Well, what is there to reign what does that even mean? But it's mm-hmm. his kingdom. And so I just, I've been in uh, John Ortberg's book, Eternity is Now in Session, trying to get myself in this mode of thinking. And he said, you know, the, the kingdom of God exists right now. People you know and love who trusted God and have died and gone before us are immersed in this reality right now. We're immersed in this reality. It's not a matter of eating of drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy. But then he says, how about the kingdom of the earth, though? And just, we're watching this week, very, very difficult things happening in the Middle East. Um, He said, here's, how's that going? How's the kingdom of earth going? The kingdom of self. And he said, violence, betrayal, thousands dying daily to war, malnutrition, women sexually assaulted, marginalized, objectified by men, people killing others in the name of religion, God's creation, getting totally trashed. Vows of fidelity broken, racial injustice constantly smoldering, often exploding, culture wars, politization, politicization of almost everything, criticism, cynicism, fear, depression, isolation. Who does it look like is running that show? <laughs> I was like, okay, just some new categories for me to start to think about. If it's now, let's just take yep you know, Keller or whoever said that for the first time. If it's now, but not yet. We we better start figuring out how to live in it now if if it's going to mean yeah. something to us then at the, right. the and, not and, yet part. And and also when we communicate that like like I'm I we talk about the kingdom in the now and not yet far more than we talk about mm-hmm. hell being the now and not yet. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Like, and I think yes. that's important because people I don't think people piece those things together. Hmm. You know, like, especially, I mean, like, maybe even believers may not piece that together because they still think it's just this 
place you go later. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, this is this is not that. Like Ephesians 2, like when you're talking about like the kingdom of the earth and darkness, it's like immediately I just went to Ephesians 2 and I'm thinking Colossians as well. Like you were dead in your trespasses sense in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to mm-hmm. the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working and disobedience. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, which is also, and he goes on, it's like, we were objects of God's wrath because of that living death. And like mm-hmm. Colossians, I won't pull it up. It's like, you've been moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. light. Yeah. You, you know, and you're just like... Of the son that he it, loves. I love that part too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yes, there, there, there's one trajectory that we're all on. All of humanity is on mm-hmm. until Jesus came, died and yep. resurrected, you know, and then when we trust on him, that that's the phrase I've been using instead of like believe, like I'm trusting on Jesus for like more yeah, than, yeah, I just that. believe in. It sounds like we're already going to be talking a lot about now as well as then. And I think it's, it's so good. Uh, I'm going to steal another quote from Ortberg here. He talked about the rich man, and we we mentioned him in our first episode, right? You think it was you thought it was Mark? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And so he said, you know, he asked Jesus, like, you know, how can I inherit eternal life? I mean, just straight up, like here it is. And I love this. He said, Jesus does not say, pray this prayer, and then you can go. <laughs> he doesn't say, believe the right things about me. And then you'll get into heaven when you die. Rather, he tells the man, dethrone money and enthrone Jesus. Not to earn forgiveness, but to live in the reality of the kingdom. Say, your will be done. Salvation isn't about getting you into heaven. It's about getting heaven into you. It's not about relocation. It's about transformation. It's not about what God wants to do to you. It's about what God wants to do in you. It's about allowing Jesus' kingdom life to permeate our little lives one moment, one choice at a time. Boom. John Ortberg. Nice job. <laughs> Eternity's yeah. now in session. I need to think about this stuff, man. It's it's yeah. so good, but it also makes me go, oh, where have I been? Where have I been? <laughs> like right. just missing stuff that's like right in front of your face. I think it's a it's a fascinating conversation. And it's one I want to think about. I, I want to yeah. I want to be compelled by eternity. Yeah. Um, still, was it Francis Chan who'd use the string, the rope thing of mm-hmm. talking about how life here is like an inch and the rest of it's like, yeah. a, what you know, miles or yeah. yards and yards of, of yeah. rope. And, and so that's, that would be important for us to talk about and to get excited yeah. about. And there's no way it's going to be boring, but we'll have to hit no. that another time. I think that's the part, like, it, like even as I was consolidating my thoughts, I'm like, man, when you see what is restored, it, like, in, in image in the garden, I'm like, human relationships and relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord and work, like, those are, like, three deep areas of deep satisfaction and joy. You, like, you get moments of it, you know, you, yeah. you taste it, you're like, this was awesome, but then the rest is a struggle, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm like, man, if heaven is, like, that times a million in infinity. Yeah. It ain't no boring. Yeah. And I think it's also, maybe it's a category thing too. We think that the actual place 
is what will bring us satisfaction when seems pretty clear in the New Testament, even the old, old is trying to tell us that your joy is going to be found in the fact that you're with God, that you're with right. him, and there's no more possibility of evil. There's no more right. possibility of a second fall. You know, there's, I mean, we can jump into that stuff in further episodes, but. Well, y'all, thanks for uh, eavesdropping on our conversation. Um, We believe strongly that Jesus is the one who conquered death in the grave. We believe that when you profess your faith and trust on him, it changes the the trajectory of your life, you know, but we don't also want to avoid difficult topics and try to understand what it means for us in the here and now. So um, it's a journey for us. We believe in scripture. We believe what it says. And sometimes we need to defrag our cultural concepts and try to embrace what the Bible says into that. So we want to invite you to come back and listen as we continue to dive into these concepts a little bit more. Um, And so we just pray God's blessings on you as you enjoy this conversation. 